everybody. The Con Artist here. We're here to talk about the... What are we on, guys? I've missed a whole season now. Summer oh, of 2018? Right. Uh, spring, I think. Spring of 2018. Yeah, we're going to talk, talk spring, even though it might be summer now. This is my life. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> Skip a season and you're just lost, guys. All right. Spring of 2018. Um, we're here to chit-chat about what we watched and how it went. And all right. So who wants to start? Because Scott... You watch too many shows, bro. This was kind of my season for watching too many, so maybe I'll try to take it easy next season. But uh, I will kick things off with uh, Grand Crest Senki, or you know, record of record of Grand Crest War, uh, which is a show that's finishing up this season. So it started last season, um, and it finished strong. So for those who don't remember, it's an anime fantasy that added just a pinch of Game of Thrones brand spices to the mix, and that worked out really well. Uh, the show looks great and looked great consistently. Major fight scenes in particular were spectacular and impactful. Uh, in terms of plot, it's you know a stirring story of heroics, grand strategy, and romance that is played straight, pretty much. Like this, it's it's rare in this era, I think, to see something that isn't trying to parody or uh, you know change your expectations about something. But they play it pretty straight. Uh, it's satisfying to watch, and it is also satisfying to listen to with a lot of really visceral, well-made sound effects. Uh, so lots of good things to say about it. Uh, in terms of cons, the show moves very, very fast. Like single episodes can cover battles that decide the fate of entire nation states and then have time left over. It's not badly written and it can be followed, but you may find yourself wanting more details. I know I did. And I mean, maybe it's a big pitch for the manga or something, but uh, it's almost like, man, sometimes you guys just got to take a breather. It sort of reminds me of uh, when we watched the original uh, OVA for The Legend of Arsland. Everything moved mm. extremely quickly in that thing. I mean, you got the overall gist of what was going on, but you definitely you definitely lost something in the translation. Is it kind of like that? It's it's kind of like that. Like I would say somehow even faster and for 20 like 20 something straight episodes. Seriously? Wow. Like it never it never slows down, but it also has a completely coherent narrative from like it it ends at what you could reasonably consider the ending. Like it doesn't end halfway through. They cover everything they want to. Uh, I mean, this is probably one of my strongest recommendations of the season. Just pay close attention, I guess. Gotcha. So, but yeah, thumbs up. Nice. Now, That's... does it end, end, Scott? Is that the finale or are you expecting a season two? No, this is, this is a finale. Like there's, there's nothing left to do. So it ends in, it ends in good style. Wow. All right. Who else has got something? I can't take the whole things. Not for <laughs> me yet. Well, at least. On a very different end of the spectrum, uh, one of the shows that I followed this uh, this past season was uh, Wodakoi, or Love is Hard for Otaku. And this one kind of followed off the heels of um, MMO Junkie a couple seasons oh, yeah. back. And it's definitely in a similar vein. A couple of, uh, you know, adult nerds start dating and getting together. And to its credit, it gets to the relationship a lot faster than... Uh... I was about to say, as soon as you said <laughs> a couple of adult nerds start dating, I was like, Dan, you're already 13 episodes ahead of <laughs> MMO Junkie. <laughs> that that being said, I kind of still think I like MMO Junkie a little bit better. Maybe it's just oh. because I enjoy those characters more, even if I was sort of aggravated at how long it took them to actually like get together. Uh, but they had a lot more... Theirs was a much more kind of through-and-through through arc. Um, there was actually sort of a story there. This is more like just a bunch of vignettes, you know, kind of day in the life of these nerds. And in this case, it's not just following one couple, but two, um, you know, who are all in, you know, sort of at different levels of uh, 
shall we say, comfort with their nerdery. One's a like super video game nerd. The two girls are constantly discussing uh, boys love manga, and the other guy is he's more of, he's kind of on the outside, but for some reason he has a thing for like just like the really infantilized uh, character designs and everything. And I found that a little bit off putting. Um, but just like a big, big melee fan, I guess not really. He's the prickliest one of them all. And, you know, I kind of appreciated him not putting up with everyone else's BS now and then. Um, and there were definitely moments that made me laugh. It's got a few bits of uh, good comedic timing. Uh, but in general, it's engaging. It's fun. It's, you know, it's a lighthearted kind of put it on in the background. You don't have to pay too much attention to it to get the gist of what's going on. Um, if there's one thing that I can say against it, it's that the relationship between the not primary characters, the two secondary characters, is borderline abusive at points. And yeah. it's kind of played off like, you know, they're both kind of, you know, again, they're both sort of antagonistic people. They're both very serious about their work and their hobbies. And there's a bit of a clash there now and then. But there's a point where, like, they're both, you know, kind of in their cups. They've both been drinking a bunch. And it like I was worried it was going to get physical like the tone of the show shifted dramatically and then it never really came back to them sort of either resolving that or you know moving past it or anything and it's just like this isn't cute guys this is actually concerning like you're just gonna leave that there what the heck yeah that is odd yeah it doesn't sound like it has the charm Dan I mean I think we love the charm out of MMO so yeah it's it's definitely in some ways maybe a more realistic look in a way because, you know, everyone is a little bit, you know, a little bit cynical, a little bit... Uh... Yeah, I was going to ask you, Dan, did you see, you know, us three being nerds? Were you like, oh, yeah, some <gasps> of this actually reminds me of my... Fr- not you, Scott. <laughs> um, not not you. Uh, Whoever could you but... mean? No, certainly not you. But did you see any parallels to, like, your real friends in these people? Or were you like, you know, this was all a romanticized version just for for fantasy storytelling not necessarily us like uh, like the three of us but definitely some of our other mutual for mutual friends um you can maybe guess some of the people i'm talking about yeah as but, soon as you said boys love i know what's going on yeah <laughs> i was just like oh <laughs> but there it uh, is. <laughs> yeah it's like that are that are very much you know they're very much consumed by it as far as i can tell those are their only hobbies and that's the one thing it's like MMO junkie may be you know a little fluffier and maybe more romanticized in a way uh, but the characters also have a bit more depth to them. It's not all about, you know, games and anime and all of that. They do have other interests and other things going on in their lives. And because of this whole vignette style, they just focus exclusively on that for this one. So, again, it's not bad, maybe not as good as the other, but not a, it's not a waste of your time. If you enjoy this kind of show, it's totally fine. All right, all so right. it's like recommended maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I give it I give it a I give it a solid a solid like B ish grade. Okay. Good. Well then, Sue, let's move on to Card Captor Sakura Clear Card Hen, which uh what has continued this season, I wanna say. Yeah, so this one was rough. Um let's do some let's do some pros first, I guess. But yeah, there's right, there's there's definitely sure. some cons. Sure. So of the pros, this show is Pretty nicely animated. Mm. Uh, definitely, you can watch this show with your kids. Mm, it, yeah. you know, it's very soft, very fluffy. I think there's absolutely nothing objectionable in it. I liked some of the cards that showed up. I think there were some really creative moments, especially considering the original was seventy freaking episodes. 
there were they are retreading the path with these cards, but I, like I think intentionally so and almost canonically at this point. Yes, correct. So that was there, but I do think that Sakura was able to use her new cards in some creative and interesting ways. The CG wasn't blended too bad, and overall, I, I think they did a good job, like integrating the new girl Akiho. Yeah, it it was it was pleasant. It's a very pleasant show. Yeah, warm, um, warms the heart. Like if you're yeah. willing to just sit down and let it let it, let it play, like you'll probably feel pretty good watching it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think where I really struggled with Cardcaptor Sakura is that the show has forgotten that the title has Sakura in it. <laughs> because Sakura herself is so not present for her own show. And I don't just mean physically, I mean mentally. It's like they downgraded her as a character. And it was very frustrating to watch you know, as as it went on, I think when we last left off, she had just come to the realization that the cards were starting to repeat themselves. That that has now become canon, and you're like, okay, Sakura, good job catching on. So there's a big like mystery now because the new girl, there's a little bit of a mystery surrounding her and her like magician butler, and it 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 just takes this turn where Sakura like needs to engage like things are starting to happen around her and she never once questions any of these things and it hits yeah a it's just kind of like oh it's like yeah like she'll react to things but she'll never like go try to figure it out oh this is happening again she's entirely she's entirely passive she's entirely passive as a protagonist it's infuriating like completely and utterly infuriating on top of the fact that the clamp stigma is in full force like uh, yeah. every single character around her knows what's going on outside of her and the other lead character akiho who I, I don't even know her shtick right now but it's just very frustrating that all the characters are like we have to protect sakura we have to make sure that like sakura is happy but none of them tell her what's going on there's such a massive irresponsibility on all these characters' parts, and they just keep dancing around her. The plot helps out, too. Like, every time it seems like something is going to be revealed or something's going to happen, some other ridiculous nonsense comes out of nowhere to prevent it or bring it back or hold it from, <laughs> from happening. It's like, Correct. The, the whole show, we're, like, treading water on getting any plot going. It moves very slowly Oh, my goodness. The glacial pace of this show is infuriating. But really, like Scott said, like, magician butler guy has a, wa a pocket watch that can reverse time <laughs> he can only do it it looks like he can only do it so many times because his watch cracks after doing it the second time but of course it's a plot device that they're like oh no we can't reveal that like rewind and you're just like why why don't you let this happen so something interesting can go through <laughs> like we're 20 episodes in it's probably Please. okay if she knows the very first thing that's supposed to be going on here yeah, like, we need some of this, or, like, you know, Shouron at one point is like, Sakura, you should tell me when you're in pain or you're suffering, and she's like, you should talk to me too. And, like, the two of them know the other one is sort of, su like, subtly suffering, as much as anyone suffers in Cardcaptor Sakura. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But, like, you know, the two know they're hiding something from each other, and there's just no movement on that whatsoever. And the the part that really infuriates me is that at one point, Sakura has this card called Record, and she records this little, like, reading she does at a children's hospital. 
And if she comes back and she wants to watch the recording and it's this recording of the room, but in like 50 years in the past. So somehow she has activated magic to record the past. And she goes, huh, this isn't what I was supposed to record. Oh, well, I guess I didn't do it properly. And just shuts it off and walks away. And Kero flips out, flies to Yue and goes, Yo, she knows how to use time magic. She's, like, out of control right now. She's some sort of godlike figure. And you're like, Sakura! What, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so I'm, I'm harping on it, but Sakura is a horribly passive character. They just downgraded her completely. All the other characters are not doing a whole lot. They're just, like, hiding the plot from her. Everything moves glacially. And outside from this sure being a show I guess you could watch with your kids, like kids shows move faster than this <laughs> the the pacing alone actually almost knocks it out as a kid show wow and here i was thinking that it was going to be the fact that everyone's treating her like she's harhi suzumiya actually it was funny that scott i think mentioned that same thing because she is developing like godlike cloud reed magic and everyone's just like what do we do what do we do now that she has this ridiculous magic and it's like leaking out of her and doing stuff it's like certainly why don't you try talk telling to her and her? explain the problem hey Correct. What's, certainly what's, not. what's the line from uh from frozen like keep it hidden or whatever like oh yeah, yeah just do that never use it for anything like don't learn how to use it it's bad yeah um, lock lock that stuff up Let's see what else was there. Like, so in the original, I think, so Sakura was like happy and had a normal life and her friends were kind of normal. I mean, Tomoya was a little more wealthy. This time around, like, everyone is just eye-wateringly wealthy. <laughs> like, Tomoya's family has this stupid, huge estate. Sakura's grandpa Dan, wants to give her a Tomoyo summer home by the, the beach. owns the Palace of Versailles. What? That's what I called Scott and said. I was like, why does Tomoyo own all of Versailles, complete with Marie Antoinette's mansions in the back and private gardens? Right, like, oh, her grandpa's God. like, hey, I want to give Sakura a beach house with staff as a gift. Like, and, and her new friend Akiho has this library that would rival any on Earth. And it's like, why is everyone so impossibly wealthy? And also, <laughs> their lives are just so perfect. Like, every, every time I watch these people make elaborate single-serving meals with tastefully arranged salads every <laughs> single day, it makes me want to shout, where are you finding this time? And then they move on to dessert, and I just start <laughs> sobbing. Like... Nothing is Dan, this perfect. it is rough. Like, there's so much food. They sit there lovingly crafting it for hours, and you're like, uh, how do you even make it to school? How? How do you do, do anything you else with your time? Where do you find and magic? Yeah, exactly. What are you doing? So, I totally agree with that, Scott. The scale of things was just stupid, and for no apparent reason? Right, like... She, they're still living in their normal house. It's just that if she wanted to, she could be fa like fabulously wealthy. It's just that her father chooses not to, I guess. Like, it's just, I, I don't get it. Whatever. Uh, I mean, we've actually been on this for a while. So let's see. Is there anything else? Um, no. So I, I guess I'll just end really quick with, I don't recommend this. I think until we get like a season two and maybe they actually expand the plot and let it happen without spinning backwards and stop using the, the term... The D all oh the God. time. Dan. The D. Before we move on, I have to let you know <laughs> that every single time this was happening, I was just cringing inwardly because they use it and they do it really seriously. It was like Gene Shaft's The White. Uh -huh. They were just like, the D. Yeah, it's, like this group, it's like this group of magicians that are referred to as like, their title is D. So like... 
Yeah, oh, they're uh, and, like each class is a class of magic, and they're D like of the D, and they're like, oh my goodness, the D from England. <laughs> yes, he's of the D. Wow, my goodness, the D. Could he be D? Like, yeah, they're like, could he be D? And you're just like, please, please stop using the D, Japan. I'm just, I'm just it has point to work out. the same way in Japanese events, like for you too, right? <laughs> I'm just assuming. Mm. I'm just assuming at this point, this makes it not a show that I could ever watch with any children, just because I'd be giggling the entire time every time they brought that up. Yeah, it'd, Dan, it'd you rough. would start laughing because they they take it very seriously, and it comes up enough that it drives you a little mad. Gotcha. Wow. So, you know what though? Uh, so like last words. I'm glad Caro, you know, Caro Chan check is back. Like a little bit at the end where they go over, you know, series elements. That's always kind of fun. But counterbalancing it is those darn foxes and their darn mittens. Like, anyone who has yeah. watched the show, hope you, hope you feel me on this. Like, there's a scene where they read this children's book to children, and they literally read every single part of it as slowly as possible for an entire episode, and it is exhausting. Oy. It's pretty agonizing, but yes. Anyway, and it, I would kind of recommend it if ugh. you liked the original Cardcopter Sakura and want more of that, but are willing to suffer the slow pace. Otherwise, probably give it a pass. Okay. I, I definitely say give it a pass. I think this was just, it had too many poor elements, and it's just not coming together right now. All right, what All right. do we got next? Uh, I'll go with a, so a show called Caligula, which was uh, out this season. Like, this was the the full run this season. This looked so wacky, Scott. I read the premise, almost picked it, but it, it just looked so wacky. Yeah, the concept is kind of neat. So people of various ages are trapped in this alternate digital world by their own choice, but they have no memory of why they chose to, to enter it. Uh, and as they sort of break out of the world's mind control, they then decide to sort of team up and get out of the world. Uh, which, which is kind of cool. The music is good, especially the, the episode one song called Peter Pan Syndrome, which I highly recommend anyone listen to. It's excellent. Uh, in addition to that, every major conflict in the show gets its own song. So like there's a pretty big focus on music, which is cool. Uh, cons though, like the, so the first episode had this really strong psychology aspect, which dropped off quickly, almost completely, uh, like very early in. And in general, the excellent episode one plotting never went anywhere interesting. Like, it very quickly was like super-powered people fight each other, which you've seen a hundred times. Uh, the villains were kind of dumb and turned out to not actually be very interesting. And then, like, there's actually an episode where every character tells their backstory. So you didn't, like, I feel like this should have had a big impact because the whole point of them being in there is that they don't remember why and they've been slowly unlocking it. So to have everyone in the show suddenly be like, it's backstory time, like, there was no impact. Uh, so ultimately I wouldn't recommend it, but, uh, seriously check out the soundtrack or at least the one song. It's really good. Alrighty then. Um, yeah, I think as far as other individual shows go, um, the next one that I followed was, uh, Megalobox, which mostly I was interested in for the aesthetic and to its credit, the aesthetic on the show is pretty fantastic. It's like they're trying to recapture the feel of a show from the, like, late 90s or early 2000s the uh you know it's like slightly it's like slightly low res almost all of like the inking is done very like it, it feels more like it's done by hand it's not as clean or as uh sharp as a lot of modern stuff which is to the show's credit because you know it's supposed to be kind of gritty and you know it's as the title suggests it's all about a bunch of dudes punching each other the problem with the show is mostly that it doesn't really feel like it's got a theme that runs through it maybe this is just mm. me not being into sports anime all that much because 
it basically starts with this guy who's you know he's a he's a grifter he's like throwing matches deliberately but he's obviously an actually really good boxer gets in over his head and then has to like become the big champ or like be completely screwed that's that's the gist of it and the whole thing about this is that megaloboxing is done with these like big piston things on your arms basically think like an exoskeleton but it's only for your upper arms so hmm. you can see why people are interested in this and they're using it in a using it in a sport it seems like you just kill your opponent unless he had something to protect himself, but maybe that's maybe that's part of the fiction. You'd think that, and like obviously, like the hits are brutal, but you don't. It doesn't make it seem like you'd actually like anyone's actually in any more danger than it is just being punched by a really strong guy. So it's like this is just oh. boxing with more with more accessories. Now, do they ever use that by having a person who isn't physically fit use the exoskeleton? That's actually his gimmick. After like the first match or so, he t- he basically takes off the uh, gear, and the way that he kind of gets himself sort of like just kind of plays the game a little jumps the ranks faster than he should have is by going as they call him gearless joe because this thing is basically a retread of an old uh of an old boxing anime uh where the main character's name is joe this this is it's an homage to a long-running series Hmm. i actually really quick down when i saw these episodes come up on anime news network i had talked to scott and i was I didn't know if you were still following it, but I was really hoping, so I'm kind of disappointed that the show was good, because they were pulling, what is it, like, Ashitaka no Joe, I think is yeah, the anime. Tomorrow, and it's, tomorrow's it's show. very famous, like, yeah. real famous, like, one of the other anime I watched, like, with the kids who were trying to draw my, like, Bakuman or whatever, actually referenced that. They were like, this is the manga that got me into manga. Like, huh. I think it inspires a lot of mangaka is Ashitaka no Joe. So when I knew they were pulling from that and then had like the lead character be African-American, I was really hoping the show was good, but it doesn't sound like you were terribly impressed. It's not terrible. Like, it's not a bad show by any means. I just don't think I'm the target audience for this, partly because I have very little understanding of the source material that, you know, this sort of in- that inspired this and the fact that like every character is pretty... Like, you can see every arc that every character goes through coming a mile away. It's extremely formulaic. And again, it's not terrible. It's not, it's not like badly put together. I just found it kind of boring after a while because I could sort of see where it's going. And they didn't do anything interesting with this whole gear thing. Like, you don't see other people using this like outside most of the time, like, it's like, oh, this thing would obviously be really useful for, like, construction, because, like, a bunch of dudes just lift in sandbags or whatever. Like, no, you don't really see that. You don't really see anything that doesn't have to do with boxing. The world just kind of feels hollow, and the characters are also pretty one-note. Like, the designs and everything, again, the aesthetic of the show and a good deal of the music is really solid. It looks wow, great. It's very well presented, and for the most part... That's, the even, that's actually tight. almost more depressing. Yeah, exactly. It just it, it feels like it's missing the key ingredient, which you know, from a ro- like Rocky or so, it's missing the heart. Exactly. Of yeah, the entire thing. It doesn't have. It doesn't have that soul. It doesn't have. It doesn't have enough to make me really care for the characters and really give and really give any like investment to their to their struggles or anything because the characters are like on the surface they seem like they'd be interesting, but then you realize they're not going to go any deeper. They're not really going to evolve. They're all just going to kind of be the same character for the rest of the show and that's not interesting that's not a character arc that's just a bunch of dudes punching each other and i can watch that on pay-per-view if i wanted to and it'd be a lot shorter <laughs> gotcha so i mean i'm guessing you're giving this a pass or 
people should give it a pass. Unless you're really into sports anime or really like boxing, the only thing I can recommend it for is the visuals. You know, so watch like a compilation or something on YouTube and call it a day. Man, we're not doing great here. Not great, not great. Uh, let's see. Well, I'm not sure if I'll change things up must, uh, much with Lost Song, which is another one that I'd seen. Uh, so this is like a, kind of a, a fantasy thing with some music uh, in it. So I would say pretty solid music, which is good because the show is based around sort of magical music casting kind of. Uh, the only other major thing to mention in terms of like positives, there is an extremely strong unexpected plot twist that takes place like halfway through the show. And it takes this somewhat generic fantasy story and dramatically changes it. I can't think of a plot twist in any show that hits this hard. And it recasts the whole first half of the show. Very impressive. Good huh. gracious. Yeah, like, don't even look, like, if, if for some reason after I go through the cons, you do want to look this show up, like, don't read about it ahead of time. Uh, cons, aside from the twist, it does feel fairly generic. It is a generic kind of fantasy. The production values are pretty low. The plot actually feels too short. Like, there's a lot of potentially really interesting ideas and stuff that just never get developed or explored, which is a shame because there are a lot of neat ideas. Uh, and the character designs for all of the side characters are just super dumb. Oh, I remember uh, you showed some pictures. Of oh, these my folks. goodness. They yeah, were... go, go ahead and look up some pictures and you'll see some super dumb looking designs. Uh, so, like, I can't recommend it. And it's it's hard for me to say that because the plot twist is so good and reading about it is never going to be as impactful. Uh, but I can't just I can't say use your time just to get to the twist. So it's a sh- it's a shame, really. Wow, too bad. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is too bad. You know what else is too bad? Oh, so bad. <laughs> All right, so heavens, uh, triggers, darling, in the Franks. Yep. My goodness. We're going to this... catch some flack for this, I think. But uh, Yeah, I think we you. are because the community seems to be really into this. And I don't know if that's just because like there's a loyal banner behind Trigger, who I, I do think is very talented. But I will, I mean, no fear, this show is garbage. Like, it, it's very, very bad. And I don't want to touch upon it. I don't want to touch upon it too much, but because I, I think Scott and I have just decided it's so incredibly bad, it needs its own cast. It, it needs its own cast. Like we're gonna we're gonna team up and we're gonna we're gonna take this thing to the ground. So yeah, like... we're gonna <laughs> tell you all about it. Join us because it's gonna be great. But I mean, Dan, last time when you were a little nervous that this was a dud, I mean, you just you can't even fathom the depths of how hard this show bottoms out. <laughs> it's it's like they just didn't know what the heck they were doing. And speaking of plot twists that changed the show, uh, <laughs> you know, that occurs in like episode, what, like 18 or 19? Yeah, of 24. Like and the plot just like attempts to to do things that are so out of its league by that point. But um, suffice to say, this show was terrible. It never answered a lot of the questions it wanted to to try and answer. And it was a it was just a catastrophe. So I'm I'm shocked. It looks really good, like, but boy, everything else about it not good. I mean, like, most of the time, yeah. I just, eh, yes. Eh. Look but, forward to our cast, is all I'll say there. Well, you can't see it, but right now I'm doing the whole uh, Neo Matrix bullet dodge right now because I dropped this thing very early on <laughs> out of just lack of interest. So uh, I will well give done, Frank's Dan. this though, Dan. You can't look away for like once we were in, it was oh like, all right, goodness, this, Dan, that this train, train is going to hit that plane and like they're going to crash <laughs> right into that super tanker. Like I can't look away. Well, yeah. then I am glad I did not uh, I did not get sucked in too uh, too early. 
Right. Yeah, it's it's good. Because like Scott said, I mean, that the oil tanker explodes and then they all get eaten by the Meg and then Godzilla comes <laughs> out of the water. Like, it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> and and dang, dang, if it's bad. Well, so I look forward to your full takedown in the uh, near future. Indeed. It's going to be brutal. So bad. Let's see. What's what else we got? You know what? While we're on the subject of so bad, last period, which had a subtitle of something like Journey to the End of Despair, I think. Uh, so this How is apropos. objectively garbage. Yeah, I know. Jeez, it's it's objectively garbage and also subjectively garbage. Uh, covers so all the this, bases of garbage. It covers, it covers all the bases. Like, it, I kind of enjoyed it anyway, but it's trash. Like, it's this MMO fantasy world, kind of like they don't know they're they're in an MMO, but it feels just like one. But like the the sort of the catch is that it's a pay to win. Kids in Japan, attention! You are probably in another world. <laughs> Wake up now. Yeah, like. However, it's one of those, it's a pay-to-win, like, low-quality browser game MMO, like, instead of a good one. Oh, no. <laughs> we couldn't and afford Sword Art Online. <laughs> we couldn't. So instead, it's going to be, like, you know, Game of War or, like, you know, whatever, Ebony or something. Like, uh, so, like, the humor matches that, and I kind of appreciated that, even though it was dumb. Uh, I liked the antics of the antagonist squad, Wise Man. Like, they're, they're fun to watch. And admittedly, the characters are, are fun to watch, even though it's a really dumb kind of fun. Uh, and hey, you know what? The opening animation had a, like the song and the animation matched really well and are fun to watch. The cons are everything else. <laughs> like as generic a setting as you can possibly get, like the setting doesn't even really matter. Uh, the music is like forgettable. There's no plot at all. And like low quality jokes and puns are the order of the day from A to Z. So I don't recommend it. There's nothing to see here really. Like maybe if you've played a lot of pay to win browser games and you want some humor based on that, you could get some fun out of it, but probably don't watch it. Ain't that a shame? Uh, not really. <laughs> Too bad. So I guess that brings us to the last show that more than one of us watched, I guess, uh, hmm. which is Full Metal Panic Invisible Victory. Now, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott and I both watched this, and like we were both... It's, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but we were both pretty big fans of the original Full Metal Panic uh, when it came yeah, out. Yeah, Full Metal Panic, I really liked. Fumafu's the greatest comedy ever made. Absolutely. Second Grade is pretty good, but, like, not as good. So, guys, how long has it been since Second Grade? Because oh, I feel geez. like it's been a while. This was kind Second of shocking, came out right? Second like 2007? That... This, is, this is like the new season of Foodie Cootie where you look at it and you're like, wait, how long of a gap was there? Yeah, like, it just it seemed like there was quite a long gap because this was a surprise to you guys. Very much so. It was definitely so. a surprise to see a new show based on it. And you know what? I... I'll say from my point of view, like a good surprise, like the, the mecha action is really solid. Like the fight scenes look good and are interesting. Uh, it's a lot more serious than any of the previous seasons, even. Second oh yeah, Raid. absolutely. Um, but it is handled really well. Like I think they did a pretty good job of it. Uh, it's not like it's not overbearing, uh, but then they, they do good work there. It looks great. And the story's engaging and it breaks out of the traditional full metal panic mold. Like they're not at school with that kind of setup. Like it's, it's entirely outside of that. And, uh, I'm I'm appreciative of that of that fact. I agree. It it definitely changes things up, and like from day one, it's very obvious that this is supposed to be a different uh, show. That they're they're moving things on, and that this is a new chapter. Um, 
Real quick, Dan, was this a direct continuation or did you have to like fill in some light novel gaps or no, is it a light novel? It's pretty, uh, it's still a series of light novels, I want to say. Um, okay. But there All is, right. a, there's also a manga. I, uh, I don't know exactly. I'm not super familiar with the original source material either. I just knew that it was ongoing after Second Raid and yeah, this, like it, I guess. It feels like it picked up reasonably well from Second Raid. Pretty much, yeah. It's a pretty, it's pretty much a dead, uh, a dead run right after that. Um, and it again, it does a good job of sort of separating itself out, taking things in a new direction uh, that can make it feel like it sort of meanders a little bit because uh, without that same part of it is all about shaking up the structure of what's going on. All of the various organizations and power st structures that are going on get a major reshuffle at the beginning of this uh, show without giving too much away. And as such, there's a lot of, you know, either things like rebuilding, going on the run, doing a bunch of, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, I guess, what you'd call connective tissue between the main beats of the show. And that can feel like it drags now and then, but they're still enjoyable while you're watching them. So I didn't mind that too much. The one thing that I did mm. really mind is the fact that the show, while it's actual uh, plotting and pacing isn't bad, the release schedule for this show is all oh kinds of messed up. What is going on? So as we're as we're speaking, and we're like two full weeks into the next season of, of you know how anime is released, there's still only ten episodes out of like a presumed twelve for Full Metal Panic out right now. Right, and on top of that, episode I think it was the fourth or fifth episode was a recap episode. Oh, like, guys, every every fifth episode is a review episode. Four point five and nine point five are both review episodes. Oh, right, like, and there's oh, only no. there's basically only eight episodes of the show out, more or less, or something like that. Or is that has any of 10? the animation fallen? Is it like a budget thing? I, uh, I think it. Maybe it is because the production values are high all the time, and maybe mm, they need to. There that are break. times where it kind of stu uh, uh, suffers a little towards the end, but it's not oh, like a little. But I mean, it's, it's not it serious. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not yeah. as bad as some shows. And and maybe they needed those breaks. So mm. I don't actually know if it's going to go all the way to twelve. And you know, if you're listening to this next year, you might be like, well, of course it finished. Like it's done now. So it's just weird in the moment. Like yeah. by the time it's fully released, it'll probably be fine. Just a lot of extra review episodes. It just seems like a very strange decision to make. And, it, you know, I I don't know how, you know, I've only seen a little bit of how the sausage is made. So there could be any number of factors that could have led to this between budgeting, time, uh, rights disputes, just the schedule itself, things falling on weird weeks. I have no idea. But it just, while watching it, it's very obnoxious that... It's like, guys, I get get to the point. Get to the point. I don't need a review. <laughs> I don't need a recap after four episodes. I, 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 I my attention is span this, is noir? not that short. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I agree with most of the points Scott made. Uh, generally, very good production values. The uh, the fights are interesting. They definitely find ways to make the mech on mech uh, combat seem you know, fresh and interesting. Again, it's everything in that regard that you liked about the first season. The characters are still fairly interesting, though I do sort of wish that they had given a few of the protagonists a little more to do. Uh, but at all in all, I think once this is all out, it'll be seen as a pretty good, you know, maybe not as good as the first season, but definitely like a between that and second raid in terms of quality. Yeah. So yeah, I also would recommend it. Uh, just don't go in expecting any light-hearted comedy. Like if you're coming in at, from this after like the first season or even some of the second, it's not the same. There's, there's really very little comedy. Yeah, you might want to keep Fumafu on the side there, just for a little levity between things. <sighs> Man, so good. Yep, I agree. 
And I think that about wraps us up, unless there's anything else that you guys have been following. I feel like, guys, we ended up with a uh, like a really weird sandwich here. Like, the beginning and the end of what we were talking about was pretty good. Everything in the middle was kind of garbage. <laughs> like, yeah. it, was, it was just, like, bad, bad. We started out strong. Scott was like, oh, Grand Crest. And Grand Crest. Like, you were up. like, oh, you know, Otaku in Love, not so bad. And then it was like, bad. Hey, Full Metal Panic isn't so bad. We got to end on a positive note, I guess. All right. Well, okay. Couple wins in there. Couple wins. Couple mm-hmm. wins. We'll see how we'll see how the next season goes. Yeah. Indeed. All right. So look forward to what we pick for the summer, and we'll catch you guys next time. Yep. Take care. This is a podcast by the Con Artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening.